The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I am your host, Gail McDowell. I'm the executive minister, senior assistant minister, and the director of the Johnny Coleman Institute at Christ Universal Temple. First of all, Happy New Year. This is my first podcast of the new year, and I know that this will be the best year yet. The best is yet to come, and I want you to affirm that for yourself. Today, I have a special guest. Of course, all of my guests are special, but she's extra special. Today, I have as a guest the director of the prayer ministry and pastoral care ministry at Christ Universal Temple, the Reverend Valerie McGee. How are you doing there, Reverend McGee? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Reverend Galen? I'm doing well, doing well. So today, as people are starting off the new year, I wanted to give people something that will allow them to catapult and launch into a new year, something that will help them transform and renew their lives. And I can't think of a better subject to help them catapult and launch into a new year other than prayer. So I would like to discuss your concept of prayer. Obviously, you're dealing with people with prayer, you and your prayer ministers for Christ Universal Temple uh, on a daily basis. You're probably praying with more people a day for with our ministry than anybody in our ministry. So, uh, you know, you have the reps. <laughs> okay. You have the reps. And so I want to be able to discuss prayer, why it's important, why a person needs to have a prayer life and things of that nature. So before, you know, get into some of the deeper questions, first of all, can you just tell us from your perspective, what is prayer? Prayer is communion with God. Prayer is letting go of all those fears, doubts, and worries. One of the things that I've come to understand since I've been here at CUT is that every thought is a prayer. Every single thought is a prayer. Whether you like that thought or not, it's still a prayer. And if you're praying in the negative, that's exactly what you're going to get. What do I mean by that? If you are saying you cannot do something, guess what? You're praying because it's in your mind that you can't do it and you proceed to not do it. Johnny used to always tell us about your thinking and and how when you think something or when something shows up, you bring it forth in your life. In other words, if somebody is sneezing around you, okay, that let's use that as an example. Somebody sneezing around you and the first thing you say is, oh my goodness, I'm going to get sick. Guess what? Your mind don't know nothing else to do but to bring forth what you've asked for. So then you start sneezing and coughing and doing all that stuff. You put that in there. 
But most of the time, we don't recognize that that's what we do. We don't recognize that every single thought you think is a prayer. So if you're not paying attention to what you're thinking, then you're not paying attention to the results that you get. And you're trying to figure out why you got those results. Pay attention to what you're thinking. If I didn't learn anything else, I've learned that. Pay attention to what you're thinking. What is prayer? Prayer is communion. Prayer is opening up. Prayer is letting go of your fears, your doubts, and your worries to that inner place where you can get an answer. There's so much to say about this. There really is. Because when you pray, you are asking for guidance. You are asking for information. How do I move past this? How do I get this done? What is it that I need to do to get me past my own fears? Because that's what you're working through. You're working through getting past those things that keep hindering you. You can't work past what's hindering somebody else because that's their consciousness. You can't do anything about that. But you can change what you're thinking. You can change what you're doing in your life, world, and affairs. You can make a change in what you're thinking and go down a different road. It's kind of like when when you're driving and you see all the construction and you're in a hurry to get someplace. You find another way to get there so you can get there. Well, the same thing is with your prayer process. When you ask God for something, don't ask God and then say to yourself, well, he's not going to answer me. When you are praying about something, don't say this can't happen or he didn't answer me right then and there. God's not going to answer you because you just asked it. God's going to wait until you are no longer hyperventilating about it. When you are no longer having a cow about it, when you are no longer exasperating yourself about it. One of the things that helped me understand that was when I read uh, the first book of Conversations with God. And Neil Donald Walsh was in a place where everything was falling apart. He lost his job. He lost his family, everything. And so one night he decided to write a letter to God because he was just that upset. And he wrote this letter about how he's done this and he's trying to be this and everything. He put it in there. And as soon as he finished, this is what caught me. Well, as soon as he finished, his hand kept writing and said, So, do you really want to know the answers to this or are you just venting? Right. I remember that. I love that. Okay. That's a conversation because one of the things that happens when you're praying is that you're releasing. You're releasing those things that don't work for you. You're releasing those fears, those doubts, those painful situations. You're releasing them. But you have to give yourself time to let God give you the answer that's going to work for you. It can't come any other way. All right. I get that. I get that. That makes sense. So obviously this next question that I have for you, I think you've already answered, but we can do some drill down on it, which is, do you believe prayer changes things? Absolutely. I am a living witness that prayer changes things. I was fearful of everything. I didn't think that I really could do as much as I'm doing, including the music, to be honest with you. I used to sing in a group and we started in high school. We sang for probably 10 years and then I had a health challenge and 
the leader of the group went and joined another group. And when when I was healing, she came back and told me, I just want you to know that I did this. And so my first thoughts were, okay, so now what am I supposed to do? Okay. And what came to mind was in that whole process of change, God politely reminded me that I had an interest in opera. And how did that come about? As I came here to CUT, I'm not, I'm telling this as it happened. When I came here to CUT, I went to a POT and Les Brown was talking. And Les Brown said, what is the one thing you could do that you could do without giving it any thought, but just because you love doing it? And the only thing that came to mind was music. So I left that one particular seminar, even though I was registered as a guest in the hotel, and I drove out to the college I was attending, which was South Suburban College, and I changed my major from business to music and business. I began learning how to sing opera. I learned how to sing opera in four languages. Come on, tell me God don't answer your prayer. Absolutely. Absolutely. So in learning how to do that, I learned how to expand my understanding about who and what I was and what my gifts were. See, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. I know what God did. The first time I heard me preparing for a recital because I had she would have recitals every semester. And she put me in a room and she said, here, I want you to warm up so that you can be ready when we get ready to do the recital. I'm like, okay, fine. And I started warming up and doing all this stuff and singing these songs. And all of a sudden I'm listening. And I literally had to take the tape off, take the earphones off and turn around and look in the room because I didn't know who that was. Mm. That didn't sound yeah. like anybody I knew. So, yes, prayer does change things. I'm a living witness that prayer changes things. Beautiful, beautiful. I love that. I love that. So I want to zero in on a on a particular, a few particular topics. Sure. The first, the first is healing. Mm-hmm. How do we pray for healing? I had that experience just recently in when I was on a cruise with my sisters. One of my sisters got very upset about something and she stormed off, even though she was in a wheelchair, she stormed off and went back to her room. I literally went to get her and she starts explaining to me what was wrong. And I said, but you can't allow that to stop you from enjoying what you came here to do. You are going to have to let go and forgive whatever it was that was said and whoever said it, because it has no control over you unless you give it. So what I'm saying is healing can only occur when you let go of the anger, the hurt, and give it to God and let God show you how to make it work. And I'm saying that because a lot of people don't know how to pray. Okay, it's not like you have to get on your knees and beg and plead and do all this old stuff because you don't. God hears every prayer, whether you're talking to God or whether you're just talking to you. God still hears it because God is in you. God is always listening. 
How do I know? Because even when you're not sure how to do something, I've actually said, God help my unbelief. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because it's not so much that my consciousness doesn't believe it, but there's a part of me that still wants to think that it's not going to happen. Right. So help my unbelief. And when I can do stuff like that, God will literally have people call me or have me call somebody and get the answer that I'm looking for. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's kind of like you have to be willing to not be in charge. You have to be willing to let go of the pain from whatever it was that showed up. Because one of the things that happens with physical challenges, okay, is that your physical challenge came from a thought. It came from a thought, whether it was a thought of pain, whether it was a thought of anger, whether it was a thought of sorrow, it doesn't matter. I can tell you that because someone did something to me that literally floored me, had me on my knees. I stood up and I caught myself going to go back to being who I was, right? Needless did I know that I was creating issues in my own body and set up some infection Mm -hmm. that I had to have worked on. Cost me a whole bunch of money to have it done. Why? Because I hadn't let go of the anger. (laughs) You know, it was funny about what you just said. Uh, uh, Your original predecessor, not your predecessor, but the predecessor before the predecessor. Yeah. uh, The original prime ministry director at CUT. Yeah. Uh, the Reverend Christina Knox Walthall. Yes. Yes. She told me one time we were sitting down and she said, Galen, um, people think any type of paraphrase, people think any kind of way. Mm-hmm. And then they have to show up and go to the doctor to have them cut their thoughts out. Yes. And, and I was like, exactly right. and I was like, what? She's like, yeah, she's like, <laughs> she's like, you think it's just. Yeah, people think it's just physical matter that's being it's cut not. out. No, it's they're cutting not. your thoughts out. Yes, yes. Yeah, it really that was amazing. is because you don't realize what you're doing to you by your thinking. When you have an opinion about somebody else, what you're not recognizing is that it's in you first. Mm-hmm. You can only recognize in somebody else what's already in you. Mm-hmm. And if Absolutely. you don't let it go in you, how you going to figure you going to let it go? How you figure you going to heal yourself? Doesn't work that way. Absolutely. I, I love it. You know, I've often kept that conversation in the back of my mind. Like, okay, yeah. you go to the doctor to get your thoughts cut out. Yeah. And it really makes you reflect upon yes. the healing process differently. Yes, uh, it does. Uh, without a doubt. Yes, um, it does. And, and, and I would probably say the majority of the people who call, would it be accurate to say the majority of the people who call the prayer ministry for Christ Universal Temple's prayer ministry call for healing? They do call for healing and they also call because they're fearful. Because okay. so many things are showing up in their life, world and affairs and they don't know what to do first. And they don't know how to make it not happen that way. And they know that their thinking has a lot to do with everything. And the one thing that I try to do that I don't try to do, I do do it. What I do is the first thing I tell them is let's just calm down and let go of everything that's going on in your mind right this minute. Let it all go. Just drop it for now. 
because you can't resolve it right now. Let it go. What you're basically doing is letting go of the human you that's trying to fix everything. You can't. Right. You can't do it. The spirit in you has a better way and a different channel than you what you're using right now. Yes, yes, I, I love that. When I was working in the prayer ministry many moons ago with uh, Reverend uh, Christina, yeah, uh, being in the booth, it's you know, it seems though, at least in my experience back then, eight out of ten calls with me praying with somebody about divine order. Yes, yes, yes. Like, let's just get order in your thinking and your feeling right now. It still is. And, you know, it's interesting because Reverend Christina is who trained me. You know, she had Evelyn Thomas, who was a a lead at that point, train me. But the interesting thing is that Reverend Christina asked me because I was working on something for January and she was the January minister. And she said, first, she wanted to know who wrote all that stuff. And I said, well, I did. Okay. <laughs> then <sounds> like her. <laughs> uh-huh. And so then the next the next time I showed her something that needed her approval, she said, So when are you gonna become a prayer minister? And I looked at her and like, who? Okay. And so then the next thing I know, I'm being trained. The greatest part about all of that was I was so hungry for it and didn't know I was hungry for it. Until I started volunteering more than one day a week. Mm. Okay. Mm. Not only that, on January 1st of every year, while I was a prayer minister, I would go to Reverend Christina's house and I'd be on the prayer line for eight hours. That's how I started my year. Wow. Service giving. Yes. Yeah. You know, that reminds me of, and even though we're talking about prayer, but this is prayer. Yes, it is. Uh, Reverend Ike said that every year he would determine his tithe, not based upon his uh, income, but what he wanted his income to be. Yeah. Okay. He gave it ahead of time Mm -hmm. because he's like, this is the amount of money I want to make. Therefore, I'm going to give to what I desire. And I think that's the the same thing to show up January 1st. Why black folks are eating black eyed peas and, yep. and enjoying, you know, the holidays and watching football and all of that. You started off your year with yeah. service. Absolutely. And I love even, that. Even when I was in intensive, I was still in the prayer room before I went to class. Okay. So that sometimes even being in class after being in the prayer room, it was hard to listen to the chatterings of of the people in the class, okay? Because my mind was, and I didn't realize it at the point that my mind was so elevated because all I had been doing was praying and reading other things to help me stay prayerful, okay? And that's how I learned how to be still. Stop the thinking, stop the yeah, buts, what ifs. And I say that a whole lot because most of the time, we don't pay attention to the yeah, but. Yeah, I love that. And I can just imagine, you know, because we both went through the same training. 
Yeah. You know, when the teacher counselor training, as it was called back then. Yeah. AKA intensive as, yeah. as it was intense. Yeah. Uh, three nights a week, two yeah. hour classes. Yeah. Homework, pop quizzes. And I correspondence still had two choirs. I was dealing with yeah. two choirs in the process. Yeah. And I would have, I would have loved to, I, I, I never, well, I wasn't even thinking about the prayer ministry back then, but I, I think that would have been a wonderful experience because normally mm-hmm. I was rushing mm-hmm. from my job mm-hmm. to get here by 6 PM mm-hmm. because, you know, you know, you know, yeah. we, we don't do late. No, so, we don't. And so, I was always, I was always on time. too. <laughs> so, so, you know, Reverend Carey wasn't going to be looking at me like, Not how come you said here at 6.05? You know, no, I and, was, you know, I was, yes. And so most of a, the time I was in the prayer room before for two hours before I even came to class. Yeah. I, I, I was, love that. That was, that was how I stayed prayerful. That was how I opened myself up past my own fears and doubt because so yeah. much of me was told what I could not do as a child. Okay. Even though it never went away. See, I was one of those curious children that always stayed in trouble. If something was working and I wanted to know what it was, I'd take it apart to find out. Of course, it was hazardous to me, but that's what I did. So that caused me to be put on punishment. I can remember being on punishment for a whole year, not going oh, wow. on television Ooh. or outside to play. I'm serious. And all I could do was read and sing. That's all I could do. You know, and look at, yeah, yeah. But the thing about it is, that was your wax on, wax off experience. That, yes, but I didn't know it at that point. Yeah, you know. And when they took me, to, and and it's interesting because even though I was studying while I was here to sing opera and learn all this stuff, the interesting thing that happened was one day I was coming from a voice lesson, coming to the church for a class, and then a rehearsal. God said to me as I was getting off of I-57, remember, you said you wanted, you could do this when you was nine years old. Mm -hmm. Blew me out of the water. Mm -hmm. You see, your desires never go away. They're Mm -hmm. always there. Yeah. You know, it's funny, as you mentioned, childhood and prayer, how prayer works out, Um, you know, when, when I was in elementary school, when I would finish working, you know, teachers had to figure out what to do with kids who read fast, read early or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not saying I was always a A plus student many times because I was just bored. And sometimes right. that's the worst thing you can have is a smart kid. That's bored. bored right. And I would get bored a lot. I'm not going to lie mm-hmm. to you. I mean, that would affect my grades. So uh, the teacher just told me, just go on the back and just pick up an encyclopedia or whatever. So I would read line by line mm-hmm. every uh encyclopedia and then i found out my mom had encyclopedias in the, uh, a different set a different <laughs> uh set of encyclopedias yeah. in her closet in her bedroom and i okay. never knew it yeah. and then next thing you know i'm reading all of this material the next yeah. thing you know i'm reading greek mythology as a child i'm in fourth mm-hmm. grade reading mm-hmm. you know Full, you know, Her- yeah. Heracles, we say yeah. Hercules, Heracles' 12 trials or whatever it was that, that he had to go through. And stories about Cupid and things of that nature, Zeus and, and Hera. Yes, and yes. 
I'd love the right. mythology. I did. Yeah. So, and then all of a sudden I started reading, you know, uh, and I used to read comic books a lot, like a lot. My mom would drive me off. We would, she would, she would shop when it was a place to go to shop. Evergreen yeah. was no longer yeah. just Evergreen Plaza Mall. Yeah. And uh, her and her, my sister, you know, they would want to shop. Right. I was like, my mother would leave me a Crocs of Britannos and come back like every 45 minutes or so. To check on She'd you, be in right. the mall five, six hours. Yeah. Spending, you know, whatever. Because, you know, girls and, the, you know, my sister right. had to be fly. My right. mom wanted to be fly. And, and you, I just wanted comic books and Kung Fu magazines. Yes. So I would read the whole comic book rack and she would say, okay, what comic books do you want out of these? And I would whatever. And and I realized when I came to CUT and we started working on this stuff, material, I'm reading these books. And I started, I didn't realize that it was abnormal for a person to read three to five books a week. Yeah. But I had developed a habit. Right. Because I was probably in like third grade. Feed, yes. Because it was feeding you. Yeah. It was yeah, feeding so. you. It was a feeding a part of you that none of this outside stuff could help, could even yeah. touch. It, yeah. was, it was opening your mind to new possibilities without you recognizing that's what you're doing. Yeah. So when I started telling people, I was like, wait a minute, you don't read three books a week? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what? They yeah. thought I was crazy. And I was like, I was like, it's normal for me. And, you know, I think that that was one of the reasons why I was able to grasp so yeah. quickly the yeah. message besides my own intent. I had, yeah. you know, strong intent because, you know, yeah. the, the, the asthma healing and all that stuff. Uh, but just absorbing the information as much as I possibly could, mm -hmm. I think accelerated. And this is yeah. why I tell people, I'm not saying my way is the best way of doing anything, but I do know immersion works. Yes. It does. You know, it truly you does. Know, keep the main thing the main thing. Yeah. So we need to take a quick break. Okay. No problem. So, um, you know, so um, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Truth Transform. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. We're talking about prayer today, and my guest is the Reverend Valerie McGee, the director of the prayer ministry and pastoral care at Christ Universal Temple. She's given us examples of prayer and how they work. And Reverend McGee, I want to jump into the next subject, which is how do we pray for prosperity? That's a really good topic. It really is. And you don't really pray for prosperity. You pray for change in your thinking. Okay, because prosperity is a mindset. It's not something that just shows up because you blinked your eyes and you said an affirmation. That means that you have to remove those things that's blocking your prosperity. 
So if you have thoughts that you're not qualified, if you have thoughts that you'll never get the job that you want to bring forth what you're looking for, then you're right. You're not going to do it. Prosperity is more than one of the prayers that I've always had. And I had it when I first started working at Children's Memorial because I worked there 43 years. I really did. Didn't even know I was there that long. I didn't. But one of the things that happened was in the process, right as I right before I came here, I said, there's got to be more to life than getting up, going to work and going home. I can't do it that way. I need it more. So God opened up a whole bunch of different things for me. I became a diversity trainer, training just about, well, everybody in the hospital on how to work in a cultural diverse environment. Okay, became one of the original trainers. Um, I learned how to sing in four different languages and join three different choirs. Okay, so I learned how to do many things. And when I came here, I was so intent on not being a poor person because to wake up, go to work, and know that whatever it is you're doing is not going to take care of all the little bitty things that you need to take care of when you're raising a child, okay, that's hard. Yeah, That's hard to look at your paycheck knowing that it's not going to stretch no further than that day, okay? That's hard. That's work. So I learned how to do some other things that started paying me, which was great. But I wasn't doing it for the pay. I was learning how to change my thinking so that I could stop looking at myself as poverty. I will not be on welfare. That's what it was called. Okay. I am not going to be a welfare mom. Okay. I am not going to have that, whatever that, I don't even know what they called the, uh, their healthcare process. Well, you had that little card, that little card that said that you could get free help here. No. And when the interesting thing is that I've only worked two full-time jobs in my life. Well, now I'm on the third one. But the first one was at a hospital that I was born in. And I worked there five years as a medical records analyst. I was trained to read the records and find the discrepancies and look for the discrepancies and have the doctors and whoever else fix what they needed to fix kind of stuff. And the person that fired, well, she didn't fire me, but she made it uncomfortable for me to work there in the five years I was there because she didn't like a relative that I had that was on the board. Mm. Okay. So I didn't really understand all of that at first. I really didn't. But then when I, I got physically sick and had to go in the hospital because I had stuff showing up in my body. Okay. And when I came out of the hospital, I gave her my resignation without even knowing about God at that point, really. And I gave her my resignation and she smirked and said, well, I just wanted to know why you're leaving. And I looked at her and I did not bet an eye. I said, let's just say it's best for your health that I leave now. <laughs> Jesus hadn't gotten you. That he, he okay. didn't have control over you yet. <laughs> okay. So 
So that's when I left. Okay. But then I found children by accident going through the one ad. That first year I was at Children's, and we're talking about prosperity here. Mm-hmm. I had to leave where I was in order to go to something new. That first year at Children's, I was on probation the entire year because I kept getting promoted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So for <laughs> For me to understand prosperity, yes, that's a prosperous thought. I knew that there had to be more to life than getting up, going to work, and going home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You remind me of something. I learned so much from that because the boss that I had used to also work for the the radiology administrators. It's a group that was all over the world, and they had conferences. Guess who got to work and organize their conferences and go away to every conference? You did. Yeah. Okay. You talk about prosperity. It's a mindset. Yeah. You know, it's It's kind of funny. Uh, I was going to say, it's just getting past the fear of not being good enough. Yeah. Yeah. It was just funny. Um, I'm actually going to show you this. I actually have the zip. uh, I bought the flash drive for it because I needed you and a few other people I knew saying this live instead of saying this privately. Okay. But I just you just have to see it. So um a couple of months ago, I have a buddy of mine who uh goes to the Reverend Bill Winston church and he had brought in Dr. Leroy Thompson for a conference. So my buddy was like, hey, my buddy was telling me about it. I was at his house and I said, uh I said Dr. Leroy Thompson's coming to your church. The money coming guy, he's like, yeah. I said, remind me of that. I said, are you going? Because I'll go with you. He's like, well, no, I'm going to watch it on Zoom because, uh, you know, I'm getting off work and I won't have time to get there. And I said, okay, well, just remind me. I probably said that like a month ahead of when the conference was. So I'm just at night doing CUT work on my laptop, literally in my family room. And like, and I get a call. Hey, man, uh, uh, Dr. Leroy Thompson about to come on. Here's the link. If I click on this, is literally happy because you said mindset. This would trigger me. The man got up. It's not his church. This literally, I'm watching this real time, and I've been there many times, so I know you know this wasn't phony. I've been to that particular church several times uh, for church conferences and other things with ministers. And he got up after he was introduced, and before he opened his mouth. People start getting up and giving him money and checks. Before he opened his mouth, he probably had $40,000. Oh, my goodness. Oh. They were stacks of $100 bills. Yeah. Checks and things of that nature. I mean, it was a... I'm going to show you the video, uh, okay. if not today, sometime this okay. week. And once he starts speaking, and his thing is money coming, and I'll never be broke again another day in my life. Those are like his two statements of life. Okay. Uh. So he gets up and he starts speaking and people start walking up and giving him $5,000 checks, $8,000 checks, $10,000 checks. Literally, while he's preaching, he left with well over $100,000 that was seeded to him. Yeah, yeah. And and so while I'm watching it, I called um, Reverend Charles Taylor in... Uh, Miami, Miami, the, the mm-hmm. senior minister in Miami. That's you know, that's my buddy. 
Yeah. And I was like, hey, man, you got you to gotta see this. Because once it started happening, I'm like, you got to see this. And he was like, is this for real? I was like, yes. Because for him, money cometh. Yeah. It's, All the time. It's in the mind. So please go ahead. I just had to interject that. No, but you're right. It it really is about the mind. Okay. If you want to be prosperous, it's not so much that you have to do affirmations and denials. You have to remove what's stopping you. You have to remove those thoughts that keep telling you that you don't have enough to pay Peter for to rob Paul. You you gotta stop it. Right. You've got to change how you're thinking. You've got to change. How you're functioning. You've got to bless what you've got. You've got to say thank you, God, for opening this up. Thank you, God, for giving me this. Thank you, God, for taking care of that. There have been many POTs where I just wasn't sure I was going to have all the money that I needed to, to pay this in time and stuff like that. And God's like, let go. I got this. And that's when I learned how to understand, help thou my unbelief, because the real of me knows that it's true. But help those thoughts that keep trying to tell me otherwise. Right. OK, right. that's when I learned how to work with that. It's right. so important that you realize that you are the thinker that, that thinks a thought that makes the thing. You got you into this, whether you were listening to somebody else tell you what you could and could not do and tell you about their woes and you internalizing them or whether it was you not thinking you could. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you don't change you, who will? That's the question. That's the question. So let me ask you this because some people might be saying, you know what? I need prayer support. How can people get prayer support from the Christ Universal Temple Prayer Ministry? They can call us because we are 24 hours. That's for sure. They can ask for literature. We have literature we can send them. If they want just if they just want someone to pray with them, that's fine too. But then they can also get in classes. You see, the prayer ministry is not here to counsel you all the time. It's not. The prayer ministry is here to turn your attention back to God. And not on the issues that's showing up in your life, world, and affairs. Right, right. Because now, you have some classes coming up, though. So, you mentioned classes, and I'm director of the institute. What classes are you teaching? I don't know because you haven't told me yet. <laughs> You'll know before after this is over then. <laughs> okay, okay. But, yeah, it, it's one of those things that you have to pay attention to. Um. The prayer ministry is not here to give you advice, not to judge you, not to say this is what you need to do. The prayer ministry is here to help you calm yourself down so that you can hear what God is telling you because the answer's got to come from within you. The answer's got to come from that sixth sense that you have that you don't pay attention to that you keep telling no. Because you do. Yes. He said, no, I don't yes. think so. How do you know? Did you try? Yeah, that makes a difference. Okay. So also, people also on the website, people can send you 
uh, oh, send yeah. prayer requests in through the website, cutemple.org? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm sure yeah. it's a tab on there that says prayer ministry or something. It is. It's not in front and, of me right and now. And when I, when I read them, I usually just answer them right then. Okay. Yeah. I send them prayers. I, it's not a problem. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful. So yeah. so the prayer ministry is not for uh, counseling. No, know? it is not. Yeah. You can set up you a know. counseling session, yes. You really can. But the prayer ministry, when you call that 24-hour line, it's basically there to help you reconnect with the Christ that is within you so that you cannot be fearful, so that you can get an answer to a question that you had. I was having, oof, in me learning how to sing opera, I wanted to, thank you, God. I wanted to hit the high C, okay? But I knew that smoking a pack of cigarettes a day for 33 years wasn't exactly how you needed to do that. So I said, okay, God, I realize I got to quit. Show me how to do it. It took me five years to do it, but I did it. And when I did it, I was so excited. This is, and this is a true story. I was so excited. I hit the high C and I recorded it and I gave it to someone because I was so proud that I had hit the high C. I was no longer smoking and I was proud of something I had accomplished. And the person I gave it to, I kid you not, did not say it was good, bad, or indifferent. They said personally, I like me, I like singing with a little more feeling, crushed me to death. Wow. It took me almost 10 years to realize that every time I got ready to do something, I would hear that thought and I would sink inside of me. Yeah. You've got to pay attention to know that what you're doing even if you don't like all that you're doing, it's got to be about your growth. Yeah. Yeah. It, it makes a difference because it does. when we look for the validation, sometimes and that's know, people the say, never part. meet your hero. Never yeah. meet your hero. <laughs> and see, I wasn't even concerned about when, when I said it, when I gave it to this person, I wasn't concerned about whether it was great or anything, I was happy I hit the high C. Yeah. Okay. That was not something I had ever done. Yeah. Yeah. It makes and for difference. me to be torn down, and I and I still had to stand there with a stiff upper lip. Okay. That was one of the hardest things I ever had to do. And then to face it, it took me almost 10 years to face that that's what the issue was. I was yeah. letting somebody else's opinion dictate who I was. Yeah. So I guess this transitions. I have two more questions before we end. Sure. Uh, um, and you mentioned singing a lot. So can singing be a form of prayer? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because when you're listening, you're getting the terms and the form that is inside of you 
that needs to come out that you may not even be aware of you're addressing. When I can only tell you about me when I sing. When I sing, I'm praying. Okay. I don't know about nobody else, but I can tell you that I'm praying because the words I'm singing is saying, thank you, God, for being this. Thank you, God, for strengthening me. Thank you, God, for giving me the wherewithal to keep moving forward. Yes, singing heals. It's a form of prayer. There was when, and I can always tell you 20,000 stories, you know that, right? So in my first session of working on becoming a minister, okay, that first session that we had. Uh, yeah, I remember those, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Miami. Did you have Miami? Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah. When I came home from that first session, some things had happened that truly floored me, hurt me to the core. I came in and I literally, I kid you not, stood singing for four hours straight. And when I was done, God said, now. We have torn down all that other stuff. It's time to build on the truth. I yeah, can that tell works. you about that. Yeah, that works right there. I love yeah. that. So last question I have for you is, how do you ask for spiritual guidance? I talk to God like I'm talking to you. I do. And that means whatever my concern is, Sometimes I actually write it out because sometimes it just continues to circle in your mind. And so if I, I have journals all over the place, but I like to write whatever the issue is, because once I put it on paper, it's like Neil Donald Walsh, you're letting it go. It's no longer in you. You're free. you're, You're freeing your mind and your heart. To hear what you need to do. Right. I love that. I love That's that. That's the spiritual guidance. Yeah. And by the way, I'm a big Neil Donald Walsh book. You know, he, yeah. he has supplemental books and then the yes, conversation. Yes, he does. And I books. have just about every single one of them. Too. I have every, I was say, I have okay. all of yeah. them. And, and I, and I'm, I, you know, he came to see you team once, but uh, yes, as a side did. note, but I also saw him in a conference in 2009 or 10. Yeah. And, um, it was it was fabulous. Uh, you know, let me tell you how I got. Let me tell you how, show you how God works. How I got involved with Neil Donald Walsh is that I was leaving the prayer room from being on tour of duty, and I always went to the bookstore to talk to Edgar and buy some chocolate. Okay, and while I was standing there, that little voice said, "Turn around," and I turned around, and there was his book, Conversations with God, Book One. I I don't even think I slept. I read that book. Yeah. Okay. Because it was one of those things that helped me move past my own fears, my own doubts, my own worries, so that I could get the spiritual guidance I needed. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I love that. You know, um, you know, I've you know, it's kind of funny that you mentioned him because I didn't know you were going to do that. And I've been contemplating for a while 
how to teach conversations with God on this podcast because the books aren't written in regular chapters. Yes, yes. Um, I've been now thinking you, about it for a while. Well, see, now you've got a way to learn how to do that. You can yeah, just put it together. Because I believe so strongly in oh, yeah. the material. Oh, yeah. Uh, some of some of it is challenging, especially book two. Book two. Yes, I agree. Uh, uh, book two. Woo. I was like, yes, man, he is. wrote this. Um, yeah. And, and, there were know, points and, where I literally just had to get up <laughs> from, from where I was sitting, reading, and go, whoo, walk away from it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it was. Yeah. But I think the thing about it is what I love about it is. In my opinion, uh, the freedom of true spirituality. And yes. even though this isn't about him, this is going to make me go home and, and figure out how to do this now. Because when you're thinking, you know, you're listen, something. I'll tell you like I tell my students, you don't have to do that. You know why? Because if God gave you the idea, God's already worked out how to bring it forth. All you got to do is say yes. Absolutely. I agree with that. Thank you for the reminder. Because I, I love his work. Matter of oh, fact, yeah. matter of fact, uh, you know, I've, I've put it in a little bit here and there, you know, in in the in the Johnny Coleman Institute because I just feel as though it's free, and I yes, use his. And if you see my book one, you actually see scribbled every time. I think he's teaching a point that we teach in. Oh yeah, I, mine is like that I, too. Yeah, it's all 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 my yeah. oh my god, my original book is scribbled all up. Yeah. But I think it's important for people to recognize yeah. um, that, you know, the premise of that book, the premise of new thought, the premise of this consciousness building teaching that we do is to point people back to themselves. The, yeah. pre the presence and power of God is working in you, through you, in you. Absolutely. Yes, God is omnipresent. Yeah. But your point of reference, your point of contact is yeah. within your own soul. Yeah. And the more people get connected to that, the more they can get connected to purpose, mission, yeah. guidance, power, yeah. healing, prosperity, divine order, and anything, Absolutely. good relationships, love, anything else that you think you need, it's already there in potentiality. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And we just have to say yes. Yes. So you know? the, the best thing I could say about how you ask for spiritual guidance. Is talk to God like you talk to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. what you're basically doing is letting go of the fear, the doubt and the worry and the fear of not being accurate and not being right. There is no right or wrong. There's only God. Yeah. Yeah. And God don't that. care about your language or whether you could spell great. Okay. God <laughs> don't care. Yeah. Yeah, and, and God's listening to what it is you're saying. Yeah, I, I remember. I remember years ago. I, you know, I used to say to people that God doesn't speak English. <laughs> uh, and what I was the the joke behind it was, it's your consciousness. Yes. Okay. What What's the yes. vibration? What's the thought? What's the feeling? Yes. Because yes. you know, you know, you're thinking that these big words are what makes it work. And we're teaching people that it's your intent and your feeling. Yeah. You know, so we're going to have to wrap up, Reverend. Okay, this no, is so fine. great. Uh, but we're going to have to invite you back because I think we can have some some fuller conversations. And I love the stories. 
uh, you know, so, you know, if you want, if people want to reach out and get the information for the Christ Universal Temple Prayer Ministry, go to cutemple.org, click yeah. on the prayer ministry tab. You yeah. can send, get the phone number. You can find out how, uh, you know, uh, we can support you yeah. uh, again. And okay. every, every prayer minister answers the call the same way. How may we pray with you? We're not here to pray That's for right. you. No, we're to pray how with can you. we pray with you? That's right. Because because you have power. Yes, you do. And, and we're here to help you connect to what God yes. already gave you. That's right. If so we so you with the spirit that is already within you. So yes. with that, thank you, Reverend McGee. We're going to close out next week. We're going to have some more. I, for those who are waiting for me to finish the power of intention, I have one more chapter to go. Okay. But I'm going to. But I'm going to uh, on this podcast. I've been teaching the power of intention for the last probably four months. Okay, Doctor Wayne Dyer. But I love the yeah. book so much. I've just been taking my time. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's all in order. It's all in order. So I'll get that completed, and then we're going to start some new series. We're going to be doing some interviews with some people. Okay. Uh, stay tuned. We're going to do some great work. Thank you, Reverend McGee. And okay. We'll be and thank you for week. inviting me. Okay. <laughs> no problem. Okay. And, and listeners, will be with you next week with Truth Transforms. God bless. I'm Liz Winter and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Mediumship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.